Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday here on the Wesson Walker Show. My man Walker Mail is back in the building. Keep the text coming. It is a buzz already with plenty of college football banter going on. 704-570-9610 is the number. You know he tried to get me while you were going on air to say that I loved uh, being with him uh, more than you. I'm not surprised about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean he was he telling, tried to get me, and and I and I bet this is true because this happens when anybody's gone. But he was even on the walk here through the hallway to the studio as he dips off into the side studio. Like he and again the timing with Fiddy is everything. So then he leaves as he's saying it to leave on a bad note. But he says, "Yeah, man, you were catching. Str- this is him drifting off into the distance. Yeah, man, you were catching strays on the text line. They liked me and Wes even better than you. Just thought you should know that. Bye." <laughs> That's what I had to hear heading into the studio. All right, man. Well, listen, we got a lot to talk about. And so let's get right down to it. It is time to go to the campus corner. All right. Let's get it cracking. We talked about it. The North Carolina Tar Heels. I've been working for the ACC Digital Network going on eight years. And I've witnessed some big upsets. And I've been watching college football and ACC football since I was eight years old. And I can't remember many losses of the upset variety as big as this one. Uh, You give teams a puncher's chance when they come into football games. But this was one of the games to where if you gave Virginia a puncher's chance, it was 1-2%. Because the thing about the Cavaliers, too, is that when they were in positions to win this season like they were against NC State, they do things that bad football teams do. Stupid penalties, personal fouls. They always get in their own way, and they tried to do it when they fumbled, when they could have gone up double digits. It happened in this game. You're not wrong. It happened in this game that they won. Yeah, so this is what you normally see from bad football teams because you can look at it two ways. You can say that, yeah, Virginia almost fumbled the bag, but you could also look at it as Carolina could have lost by double digits to this team. And listen, I told Fiddy in the the, uh, fishbowl that Carolina got an SEC love in the AP poll to only drop seven spots. I thought they would have been in the 20s at a minimum or to drop out because the variety that we see from college football, unless you're an SEC team, i.e. Georgia and Alabama, you could lose four games in a row and they'll drop you four spots. But when you're an ACC team and you lose at home to a one and five football team to be, I thought that was grounds to be out of the poll. So let's just kick this thing off. Where do we rank the loss to Virginia among the most painful for Tar Heel football fame? Let's think let's bring this back what? Let's go the last thirty years of Carolina football. <sighs> it's up there, Wes. I don't know if it's number one, but it's damn close. It's like top three most painful given where we were and where the college football landscape is right now. Because if you look at it, I think it's fair to say there is not just an overall, oh my God, that team is dominant and they are the clear favorite. None of the Alabamas, 
LSU Joe Burrow, Clemson Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson type of teams. It doesn't feel like that, at least anyway, to me. All to say there was an opportunity, if North Carolina could hold on, to maybe be a top four team. And we had it, this conversation a lot. If you get to 9-0, which is what we were looking at with this three-game stretch in the middle of the season, then you deserve to be a part of the conversation. 9-0, that is big boy territory, man. That deep into the season without a loss, you've deserved it. But they couldn't even get to 7-0 yeah. because they lose to Virginia. Here are the losses that I'll go to. Fiddy, I do want you to you know, either give me thumbs up, thumbs down, comment on any of these yeah, games. I got, that I, might... so I got a few notes after Walker goes, and then, Fiddy, you're going to have the floor, okay? We're going to let you uh, vent. Any NC State <laughs> loss, there, there are plenty of those to choose from. So because of the rival, whatever, right? Like pick your one. I don't need to go down all of them. But even last year, that was painful. Georgia Tech last year was bad. 2016 is a little hard because they lost to Georgia at the beginning, but that was good ACC football that year. That's Mm -hmm. when they had a bunch of good quarterbacks. They had the VT loss at home after a big Florida State win, and then they had the Duke game, too. That was sandwiched in. Not as let down, but still a bad enough loss. Okay, he feels it. 2015, you lose to South Carolina right off of the bat, which is a border rival. But remember, they win the rest of the way until they get to the ACC championship game. So that was more like retroactive hurt Mm -hmm. that you suffered against South Carolina because the way they just refused to give Elijah Hood the football. So 2015 there, 1997 loss to Florida State because they would win every other game. And that was the one that we were fantastic. That was a second ranked Florida State team, by the way. And then 1996, or excuse me. Yeah, 1996, they lost to Virginia with only one loss to a one loss uh, FSU team after being ranked sixth. So like you're talking about top three worst losses that I can remember for North Carolina. Yeah, and so to give a little bit more context to this thing, to talk about the magnitude of it, the victory was the first over a top 10 opponent on the road and program history. UVA came into the game 0 for 30 in road games against top 10 opponents. Their last win over a top 10 opponent overall was October 15th of 2005 versus Florida State and snapped a five-game losing streak against ranked foes and is the first victory for UVA against a top 25 team since defeating North Carolina on October 31st of 2020. And Virginia has won five of the last seven meetings against North Carolina. Clown show. Yeah, that was another omen coming into this game that Virginia was just a team that would throw the records out. They're going to battle against the Tar Heels each and every time. And so now, Joshua, I give you the floor to say what you want to say to the city about the Hill. Oh, They'll look at man. this to see whether this is a flagrant. Here we go. Man, that was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> I have had almost 48 hours to think about that bleep show I watched on Saturday night in Keenan Stadium. I get a lot of flack from my coworkers about being too hard on Tar Heel football, not appreciating the fun times and the good times. You want to know why? Because they don't last. 9-1 and one last year, four straight losses to end the year. 6-0 and oh this year. I'm bought in. You've beaten five FBS opponents by double digits. No one else in the country could say that. 9-0 was on the table. Winning the conference for the first time since 1980 is on the table. Going to the playoff 
is on the table. And I never asked for any of that. All I asked was to not lose at home to one in five Virginia. And you can't even do that. Walker, you say two sayings all the time. Tar Heel football, it exists to disappoint. That's right. And you love Mac Brown Sunday through Friday. <laughs> That's but right. But you hate him as your head coach <laughs> yes, on Saturday. Yes, yes. I hate him on Saturdays. <laughs> and I have I have complained about him as much as I love the hire. As the reason why we're never going to get to where I want to get to. And Saturday was the best reason why. After a whole week. Of preaching to your kids, don't bite the poison, don't eat the cheese. You get out coached by Tony freaking Elliott, who was this close, this close to being back in engineering school because he was proven not to be a head coach. No accountability, no in game adjustments, nothing. You sat there while you watched your 6 0 top 10 football team with the best quarterback you're ever going to have, a generational prospect. Lose at home to Virginia, those pompous ass, mm. better than me, <laughs> holier than thou, nerds. Dude, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. If you, I, feel, I've, I felt that. If I you, God, I felt that. all I want to do, all I want to do is is just win big football games once every three to four years. This wasn't even a big football game, too. But it felt big because <laughs> yeah. it's a top ten game. Adam, you've lost three straight games at home as seventeen and a half point favorites or more. Yeah. How the hell does that happen, Mac? Yeah. And I, and and Walker Mail, you're not getting out of this alive either. Gosh. Okay. I, I'm coming in with the tag. Oh. Let's Listen, okay. listen, we're not we're not just gonna pile on my dog like that. The head coach has to take a lot of blame, no doubt about it. But Mr. May, 24-48, 4-13 on third downs, Mr. Big Third Down, where the guy was wide oh. open in the middle of the zone. He gotta get some of this smoke on the microphone too, man. Oh wait, Drake May was not great in this game. That's all, I'm just saying he gotta get a little smoke on this microphone oh, too, man. I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep it a buck too with Drake May. All right. Drake all May, right. when we talk about what Drake May had accomplished before this, yeah. we would always frame it in the sense of, all right, he had a couple of interceptions against Minnesota that were awful, mm-hmm. but the other throws were enough to justify it. I mean, honestly, even in this game, the third and twelve reception that was dropped at the back of the end zone, that one hurts. I do think that there are some plays here where you had McCollum drop four passes in this one. Dude, the lack of accountability I saw on the football field on Saturday uh-huh. was was mind-blowing. You had two. You had two illegal substitution procedures. That should never happen. You have two of them. Nate McCollum, great transfer, four drops, never gets taken out of the game. And the one thing I was worried about when Tez Walker came back was they were going to force feed him the football. There were other, there are other guys on the roster, Chip, that you can throw the football to. Then Amari and Hampton, five carries, 32 yards in the second half. I'm not a math major. That's 7.2 yards a carry. He had 112 yards on 19 carries. And Chip Lindsey goes, you know what? We're going to throw the ball 48 times while Drake May was never in rhythm and off point. No wonder why Gus Malzahn took away your play calling duties. Because when you needed to put together a game plan, you couldn't do it the other night. It's pathetic, man. But it's what this program does. So the- I, No, I'm not done. <laughs> one, of the, one of the big I, – I, I dated the same woman three straight times. That's not the dumbest thing I ever did. The <laughs> dumbest thing I ever did was believe that that program would get it right, that that program would not fail me, that that program would not disappoint me. That's what they do best. I mean, this is uh, this going to be hard to top. 
Are you done now? I gotta breathe. All right, seven oh four, Rodin. Your tears are delicious. People are loving this segment. I don't know if it's because of the pain or the vent, but people do love you going off. And here's the thing about Drake May as well. Yeah, completed fifty percent of his passes with three hundred and fifty yards total, two touchdowns, miss guys for sure. There were a lot of drops here, and the biggest thing is. Honestly, with this conversation as to why North Carolina football was different this season through the first six games, Mm -hmm. it was the defensive side. Mm -hmm. If you put up now, you should score 30 against a team as bad as Virginia. The offense is not getting off scot free. But when you talk about the defense allowing 31 points to that offense. And Mike and and having uh, you know the running back, excuse me, Mike uh, whoever, oh, the, Mike Hollins. Hollins. Yes, Thank Mike you. Hollins. I was thinking Mike Houston with the ECU law. Or, yeah. Uh, but with Mike Hollins having just zero problem getting into the end zone, despite having the fumble out of the back of it, this defense didn't show up. Yeah. And so Virginia's defense was able to whoop the offensive line and pass protection with Drake May. They got after him really all day. And then when you're talking about the offense for Virginia putting up 31 points, and then here we are talking about them. Flirting with 40, the only reason you don't allow them to get to 38 is because they fumbled the ball out of the end zone. When you're right, Wes, they could have lost this game by Mm -hmm. double digits. It's the defense that did the biggest pumpkin reveal besides this. North Carolina's offense, still a decent amount of yardage. Still some meat on the bone. But it's the defense for North Carolina that showed you what they have been in years past. Yeah, and I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. You look at the time of possession, 37.06 for Virginia, 22.54 for the Hills. And listen, we're going to be dissecting this all week and what it's going to mean for Carolina going forward. But let's move on to the other big game on the schedule. I guess the Carolina game became big after they lost it. But (laughs) Duke and Florida State, and this was a game that Riley Leonard comes out and starts, to my surprise, uh, for sure. The defense comes out. They played well for about three quarters. Uh, Riley Leonard gets a big time. He just gets smushed back there in the pocket, re-aggravates that ankle, goes out of the game with the Blue Devils in the lead by three. And this is how I want to kick off this conversation because you talk about coaching. And a lot of times I believe it comes down to the players making plays. I love Coach Mike Elko, and I think he's done a great job. But he's definitely done some things that have cost them some football games, especially when you talk about the Notre Dame game, when they decide not to blitz late, when it was working all game long, uh, not being aggressive enough on the final job to close the game. Then against Florida State, when you have the momentum, you're on the road, you can take points, your defense is playing fantastic, and you decide to go for it on fourth and three when you could have just kicked a field goal. Uh, I didn't quite understand that. I thought that turned the tide of the game. Riley Leonard then gets hurt. I mean, he got hurt before that. And then after that, Florida State just yeah. the bow broke on the defense. And so I think that uh, that really hurt Duke. But kudos to Florida State. They did what they needed to do. 21 zip. Uh, in the fourth quarter, but I just thought that Duke could have kept their momentum going had you kicked a field goal. And also, too, uh, another gripe that I had was how in this era do you have a kicker that can't kick the ball out of the back of the end zone? Why teams put the ball in play at all is beyond me. If you come out for me and you're a kicker and you can't kick it out of the back of the end zone, I don't want you because after Duke got that pick six, They give up a 99-yard kick return right after that. And at that point, I was like, ugh. I'm like, that's – Florida State keeps answering back. But I thought that play turned the tide of the game because Duke had all the momentum at that point. 
But Florida State, the better team at home. Once Riley Leonard goes out of the game, it changed. Not to say that Florida State would have lost had Riley Leonard stayed in the contest. But I just would have liked to have seen what would have happened because Beelan got in there and looked like a deer in headlights when he got out there under the lights in Dope Campbell. Somebody, yeah, somebody wrote in that if Riley Leonard finishes this game, that Duke ends up winning. Look, it certainly changed what happened after Riley Leonard left with about seven minutes or so left to go in that third quarter. Yeah. But, man, it's the defense for Duke, they let the Blue Devils down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, that's just how it worked. 21 points in the fourth after you were right there. It was going to be tough. It was going to be really tough for what this defense was going to have to go through. But that was the task at hand, especially when Riley Leonard goes out. And the, mm-hmm. the phrasing of the question, just to tease, right? What does it mean for Duke that you lose to Florida State when Riley Leonard plays? It wasn't to suggest that this was Riley Leonard's fault all the way. What it means is, did you bring him back a little too soon? Because it was not the initial. T- we thought yeah. he was going to miss a couple games. Mm-hmm. But it's a big monster matchup against Florida State. Yeah. No, not, and no he th- looked good most of that game until he get, took that hit. Yeah. And so then you take him out. And now you bring in Beelan. <laughs> Is it going to be one of those <laughs> things with Riley Leonard where you can never feel too safe about him being out there yeah. with more meaningful football games Ahead of schedule. Here we are looking at that Duke-North Carolina game. We thought if he just would have sat out a couple in a row that he'd be more than likely good against the heels. Now, if he's suffering an injury again, is this going to be someone that's not 100%? It takes a little bit of the air out of this contest. You probably set him back a couple of weeks at this point because the way that looked late in that game, especially when he was over there trying to run on it and how tender it looked. Yeah, it does look like that he's probably going to miss at least their next game. So this is the problem that I have. You you put up a good fight in the first half. It looked like a fun game. And then Florida State just explodes in the fourth quarter with no Riley Leonard out there. It all went very poorly for Duke once we got to the second half. And hopefully Duke can figure it out because I still have enough trust in that defense. When Riley is healthy, I feel good about them. Yeah. The running game can still be strong. We saw the big run that... Uh, that um, uh, Jordan you, Waters yeah, or... Whatever, right? The running back had for 40 yards. It's just when you're talking about Waters and Jacquez Moore. That's yeah, what I'm talking about. I just I hope that they're able to figure it out and continue winning football games down the road.